I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. It is Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. But for you, it is Friday. We are going to go through all our prop bets. We're going to do Shark Tank. We're going to introduce. We've got a Ringer Listener League you can do on with Daily Fantasy. Play with us on FanDuel the rest of the season. We'll tell you about that in a little bit. But first, Odell Beckham going to the Rams. Yeah. They just came in. They came in at the last second, man. Can't they stop, came in won't hot. stop. <laughs> Didn't even cost uh, him a draft pick. They tried. They were like, what if we give you the minimum and a fourth rounder? He's like, I can't use this. I'm not a team. Freaking Rams, man. Also, this is very strange. This is always continues to strengthen my tweet from a, I don't know when it was, like last year or something. It was basically like all great NFL players end up in the NFC West inevitably. What the hell's the deal with that? I'm kind of sick of it. Um, get these players out of the Don't be the person who's West. like, it strengthens my tweet. Just say like, I, I pointed this out. Um, it strengthens. It, it allows me to continue retweeting my own tweet, which I do because it's fun. And go suck it, Heifetz. I'm going to continue to do that. <laughs> no, you're right though, because you. I think you said this to me longer than a year ago, where you're like, every good player ends up in the NFC West. I was like, what are you talking about? And then, can you just tick off the list real quick? Because once you say it out loud, it's oh, nice. I mean, like going back, like Edron James, Jerry Rice, like some of the all-time greats, um, and then just more recently, like JJ Watt. Uh, help DeAndre me out. Hopkins. There's a bunch of others. Like Adrian Peterson, I think, was on the Cardinals for a Von Miller. DeAndre Hopkins. Von Miller. Von Miller. DeAndre Hopkins. Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind like Aaron Donald's been there. The fucking list goes on. Jamal Adams before he was bad. And Josh Gordon ended up there. Yeah, you know what? A lot of good... <laughs> I'm sick of it. It's true. Sick of it. Um, oh, my God. No, but actually, this is pretty fun. I love this because... Uh, the Rams are, you know, this this move in particular is like a pretty no risk move. That's why I was always advocating for any team that was going for this. I thought, yeah, help, go for it. This is great. There's, it's no risk. It's like basically just pay the guy for the rest of the year. That's it. Um, no, not even that. 
because the Browns are going to pay him the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, that's true. The Browns are going to pay him $7 million. That's why he's probably assumed signing for the veteran minimum because it's one of those the Browns will cover the salary up to $7 million. No one's going to pay him $7 million. So it's all on the Browns. It's hilarious. For for Beckham, he gets to chase a gets to chase a ring. Obviously, the Rams are one of the I say the favorites in the NFC right now. Um, one of them anyway. And, you know, and then what were you gonna say? Well, he's probably looking for an apartment. Craig, do you want to? Should you do you have an extra room? Me and Odell. Yeah, I would do it. I, I assume he needs a spot <laughs> to crash. I would do it. It's like yeah. two months notice. It's hard. He to can show him around LA. the city. Maybe he doesn't know LA that well. We could start a podcast together. There you go. Actually, if you're talking about finding housing on like, you know, for three months on like a couple days' notice, that's what actually, if you call it flying first class, Craig? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> first class. No, it's actually flying private, TK. He's not getting a, a Pro- flying private he's business, business he's on, class. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's on, I like he's flying on private, private with Odell. That's good. <laughs> flying private. I actually, he, ironically, actually, now this is more relevant than I realized because did you see a Von Miller was FaceTiming Odell? Yeah. And to convince them, he, they, Von Miller had like a weird YouTube show a, couple, a few years ago and had Odell on. And he asked Adele how often he does his own laundry. And Adele laughed and pause. He's like, you mean dry cleaning? I was, I was thinking he'd say like, you wash your clothes? They just buy new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Justin Bieber. There was like that rumor a long time ago that he never wears a pair of underwear twice. I think that was Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> I've heard it for Bieber. Maybe it's both. I'm maybe oh, both, man. but yeah. I got to say, underwear. Back to Odell here. I don't know if this is a hot take or not because if people are hot or cold on Odell, you know, he's a very polarizing player, especially in fantasy. I kind of think he's going to be really good. Not really, maybe not in fantasy, but I think mm-hmm. in the playoffs, like Odell's going to be awesome. And this will significantly help the Rams. I get that. I, but in fantasy, I would trade him now because yeah. his value will never be higher because people right are now excited it's not good about in it. theory. But in reality, remember when Josh Gordon signed with the Chiefs and then you forgot about that till right now because he hasn't like had a catch yet? I'm not saying yeah. it's that bad. Also, he has a shoulder injury. We have to, this has gotten glossed over. Odell has a sprained AC joint. I believe he said earlier this year that yeah, his shoulder just pops out all the time now. I'll be honest, like, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, everyone <laughs> forgot. His shoulder's not okay. They should just sit him for like two, three, four weeks. Let him get healthy. You're going to make the playoffs. Have he, him get right. He's not healthy. I cannot stress this enough. I feel like everyone has forgotten. Didn't he had two shoulder injuries? One of which is worse than the other. Anyway, okay. So cool for the Rams. Way better for real life. And fantasy wise, I actually don't. I actually would trade him if you have I think, him to anyone who's excited. And, all, about and this it sucks for Van Jefferson. He's still going to be like you could start him as a flex, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the okay. Rams run eleven personnel. Immediately. Well, maybe not not the first day, but like yeah, once he, if he's healthy and out there after a couple of weeks, like the Rams run eleven personnel pretty much more than any team in the league, which means three wide receivers are on the field, and it's normally been Woods, Cup, and, and Jefferson, and it would make a lot of sense for Odell to slide in right into that Van Jefferson. Yeah. role here so i would van say the big, is droppable van He's is probably van. droppable and i mean van was getting 17 percent of the targets so if odell gets that i mean odell's a supreme That's talent healthy this is i think the biggest uh like parallel to this is the ba- the buccaneers i mean uh, yeah if you look at mike evans uh antonio godwin sorry antonio brown and uh chris godwin wow i could almost like not remember their names uh, that trio, all three of them have been like hovering right around like 17, 18% target rates this year. Obviously, they pass a lot. The Rams pass a lot. They're high scoring offense. Both teams are high scoring. Um, it makes things a little more complicated for, for fantasy because maybe this means Cup is not having quite as high of a ceiling. But I still think that 
OBJ has a chance to be fantasy relevant in the same way. I don't like, think that's the comp, though. I disagree with that because Antonio Brown came into that team like midway through, but like he had already played with Brady in New England and like had stayed at Brady's house, like I guess twice at that point. Like they had been okay. working together for like a lot on their own. Whereas, I mean, Stafford and Odell, like, has he ever caught a pass from Matt Stafford? Like, probably not. I mean, I don't know, but Stafford came in cold and lit it up at the beginning of the season with guys that he just started playing with too. I, I mean, look, that's true. That's the gray area, but I'm talking about more like just target rates and, and volume and things like that. Um, we'll have to see how the, the chemistry I, works, but I kind of think it's going to be way better in theory than practice. We'll see. We'll see. The, and I, I just, I just, I just feel very dubious that this can outlive in the regular season that Odell will be better than the idea of Odell. Like immediately. So everybody send high fits. Uh, trade request for Odell Beckham because he will give him to you for free. Doesn't this feel like, I don't know, it feels like the Rams, it's like Kong versus Godzilla, like one of those movies. So it's like the Rams and Bucks are just like, the Rams are like, we're going to do <laughs> oh, everything we can. For the NFC. Yeah. And the Packers yeah. are just like, no one wants to come to Wisconsin for Thanksgiving <laughs> time. Anyway, okay. All right, so Odell's going to stay at Craig's place in LA. Otherwise, just Alvin Kamara has a knee injury worth touching on for a second. We don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to play. Seems unlikely. He didn't practice at all on Thursday. That's not good. Uh, but they traded for Mark Ingram. So Mark Ingram is like, if you got him on waivers this week, like an automatic start if Alvin yeah. Kamara yeah. doesn't play. And honestly, like a really, Mark Ingram's a really good flex even if Kamara does play because he doesn't even practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's probably not even going to get half the snaps on Sunday. So I think Mark Ingram is like a really good play for this weekend. And then Nick Chubb, uh, the Browns starting running back, and Demetri Felton, who's like their gadget running back as well. Also, both have COVID. They tested positive, and we will see if they play. But if not, obviously, yeah. Kareem Hunt's on injured reserve. So it's like a Darrenis Johnson week once again. If Nick yeah, Chubb this is play. one of those things that's going to go right down to the wire. I'm guessing we'll find out whether these two guys can play on Saturday, maybe. Um, but it, it's looking unlikely, I guess. Like just based on the numbers, there's a few guys that have been able to get back um, in under a week after having two negative tests or whatever, after testing positive. But um, I think generally it's more common for a player to miss like a week or so. So keep that in mind. Dernis Johnson, he, uh, let's see here. Cleveland is playing New England. That's going to be a good game. Um, but yeah, that's something to keep in mind too. Should we get to the prop bets? Let's do it. Shark tank time, baby. DK, hit Yo. us. All right. Sharks. Yeah. I'm looking for an investment. $5 on Austin Eckler going over... 101.5 rushing and receiving yards combined. So not just rushing, not just receiving, both. Versus the Vikings this weekend. So Eckler has gone over this number. He, he's been a little bit of a slump the last couple of weeks as the uh, Chargers have s- sort of struggled on, on offense overall. But he has hit this over, this number, 101.5, in five of seven games this year. He's playing career highs and snaps. He's running the ball way more than he ever has in the past. Like he's like their lead back now. It's not just a committee type thing on the ground. Um, and crucially, like the Chargers backups are not good. Like whenever these guys come in and run, I'm always just like, oh my God. Like it must be so painful for the coaches to be like, look, we got to protect Eckler. We got to make sure we're not putting too much on his shoulders. But then also Larry Roundtree or, uh, you know, Josh Kelly come in and it's just like, uh, these guys are not very good. So, um, I think they're going to utilize those uh, Eckler a lot in this game, both in the air and on the ground. Uh, and crucially, the Chargers have the second best offensive line versus defensive line mismatch this week per pro football focus. Um, the Vikings have given up the seventh most rushing yards to opponents. They've uh, surrendered 100 plus yards on the ground in seven of eight games this year. Eckler, obviously, 
I don't really have to tell you how explosive and talented he is. He's ninth among all running backs in yards after contact per attempt. And he's also fourth in total yards after the catch. So he he's he's like good in both areas. All that together. Oh, plus, by the way, the Vikings are pretty banged up on defense. Daniel Hunter is on IR. Michael Pierce, uh, interior lineman, is still not practicing with an elbow injury. So I think it all kind of adds up to Eckler having Well, Harrison Smith has COVID, too, the starting safety. Is he not off that yet, either? Um, I don't, unless he came off just before this podcast, then it was yeah. Thursday, so maybe he comes off before the game. But I don't So that could be another variable. Um, I think all just things point to them really relying on Eckler this weekend and, and him having a lot of success against the Vikings defense. Thoughts? I honestly, I'm getting tripped up on the 101. It's just a big Me number. Too. I, there's v- zero. Visually. Like if it were 99, it'd be like, oh yeah, no, that's easy. But this 101, <laughs> I'm like over 101. He he has for what it's worth. It does sound like a lot, but when you add in receiving and rushing, um, he's. Here, hold, on, I'm gonna pull off his stats, but he's gone over this like five by, of eight times, like by a significant amount too, most of the time. Um, yeah, five of eight. Well, uh, I just heard five of eight. That I heard significant amount, and like you got to pick one. Well, significant is significant. no. I'm saying when he goes over, he goes over by a lot. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, like for instance, uh, I mean, it's just like it, it, it's easy. It, one on one, it's easy to get hung up on that. But that's like you know, I mean, I'm not telling you anything, but that's 51 rushing yards and 51 receiving yards. That's really not that like huge of a game when you really mm. like look at it. Um, I know that that's like very simple math, but like when you separate it that way, if you go back the f- last few games, he had 59 rushing yards and 23. He went under last week. Um, but like the week before that, 64 rushing yards, 60 receiving yards. Uh, in week five, he had 66 rushing yards, 53 receiving yards. It's not that hard to go over 101 with the way that they're using him and how much they're utilizing him. I think what's hard is it's weird to look at a bet about one of the best players in football. To, to put up kind of what he normally does. Like, I don't really know how to feel about it. Like, this is a game with a really high total. Uh-huh. Austin Eckler is clearly awesome. He's like the number two running back in fantasy. And I see 100 yards. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, probably. I mean, it'd be weird to come at come at this from like an argument of like, I hate this. No. <laughs> um, just for reference, s- since week one, so week two on, because week one, he didn't get any targets. Everyone was really worried. They're not going to use him in the passing game. Since then, it's very much changed. So mm-hmm. in each week, he's averaged 12 rushing attempts and six and a half targets per game. So he's getting 18 touches a game. I want to say that, DK, you are probably going to win this bet. Austin <laughs> Eckler will probably have more than 101 yards in this game. Okay. Uh-oh. And I hear your statistics. Uh-oh. But I felt nothing. I, I mean, nothing that's important. was stirred. And for that reason, I am out. My gut was stirred. My gut was not stirred. All right. That's fair. I, I respect that. I think Craig is on the same boat, man. What? I don't want to be viewed as somebody who just kind of follows trends and, and whatever my co-host says here, I just do what he says. However, I will agree that the second I saw this bet, when I saw 101.5, I went, that's a little high. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever, have we done any rushing plus receiving yard props this year? We haven't done, a, we haven't done many of them. Uh, I think they've all lost. No, I mean, I can't There's remember which two ones max did, in the, yeah. It was week 10. I don't think we've done many. DK, unfortunately, for reasons I can't even really explain, <laughs> I am out. I think it's entirely uh, because it's a three-digit number. So I'm being left on red here. You're being That's left on red. Neither of us yes. are interested in you this mother, bet. You I will follow up, though, with a bet from the same game. Sharks. All right. I come to you with a can't-fail proposition, which is I want to bet against Kirk Cousins. 
It's always enticing. I like where this is started. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do I need to say more? What's well, like the Shark Tank version of like a Kirk Cousins bed? It's like somebody walking in and just being like, I have an app. And everyone's like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> I want a shit. I want a short Dogecoin. Okay. Kirk Cousins under 274 passing yards. And it's like even odds. Okay. So 274 passing yards. Chargers, the Vikings are playing the Chargers, as Dika just discussed. This over-under that Kirk Cousins has, Chargers opponents have hit this number one time all season. Yeah, it's because okay. they they just beg you to run, right? So they beg you to run. So here's the thing. There's a reason that this over-under is so high, even though Chargers opponents have like never hit this number. It's because the Chargers are kind of banged up. They have a uh, Michael Davis, one of their cornerbacks, has a hamstring injury. The guy who replaced Michael Davis then like immediately tore his ACL. So they're banged up. I give you that. However, again... Seven of the other eight games the Chargers have played, they haven't hit this number. That's number one. Who is the eighth? Uh, I can look it up look right that up while now. You, look that up while you're talking. I will tell you, the only team that passed for more than 274 against the Chargers is the Baker and the Browns. I mean, that was the game that was 47-42. Oh, right. like one of that the best like games of the whole season. Both teams scored 60 points or something. That yeah. was an incredible game. And even in that, did Jarvis throw a pass? I wonder if Baker even hit that. Anyway, point being... There's also a non-mathematical reason here. I'm not just going to sit here and be like, oh, the Chargers. The, the head coach of the Vikings is Mike Zimmer. I actually don't think there is an one head coach in the entire league who's more old school about the run than Mike Zimmer. This has been a theme for like five years now that Mike Zimmer just wants the Vikings to run. So when he's been a little less heavy handed in the game planning recently, but when the Vikings play the worst run defense in the entire NFL, I am just very confident that Mike Zimmer's goal this week is to run it down the Chargers' throats. And I don't think, win or lose, if he sees Kirk Cousins has 300 passing yards, he's like, that's the game we wanted to play. Mike Zimmer wants 180 yards from Kirk Cousins this week and a huge rushing game. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. how you beat, that's how he wants to beat the Chargers. Control this game, control the ball, control the clock. So Kirk Cousins 274, it's rare you can point to a number and be like, that's not what the head coach wants to do. And I feel pretty certain about it. This is a good one. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Chargers, the number of yards they've given up uh, in each game: 176, 142, 187, 230 to the to the Browns. They've only they've given up fewer than 100 yards uh, rushing just one time this year. So, um, I think I do agree with the logic of this. It also helps that Kirk Cousins hasn't gone over 200 yards in the last two games for passing. For whatever reason, they've just been struggling. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm struggling with this one though. Here's the thing: I get I think the, I'm having the, the same thing that you had. It is basically that the Chargers secondary is banged up. I get that. What I'm saying is that the number that they has been set kind of accounts for that, and like more than it should. Right. I see what you're saying. I'll go in with you on this one. Um, I don't have a strong feeling about this. I do think that overall their offense has been like a little bit off lately, and I think that your logic here is sound that. The Chargers are going to want you to run. They were going to want the Vikings to run the ball, and the Vikings are going to say, sure, okay, we'll do it. So for that reason, I'm in. Thank you, DK. Now I turn toward Investor Horlbeck, and I already, I can tell just by his silence. That what? That you're reticent. Uh, I perhaps am a, a touch reticent, Mr. Heifetz. Thank you for your pitch. It was nice. <laughs> However, my next bet kind of influences how I feel about this one. So I'm just going to tell you right now, I am out. 
and I will then move on to my first bet. <laughs> this is weird. This Here's is like why. if Mark Cuban drives like, stake in my heart. This was like if Mark Cuban was like, I hear your pizza app delivery idea, but let me just give you mine right now. So, Sharks, <laughs> what I want to ask you for is a simple $5 investment for Justin Jefferson to reach over 76 and a half receiving yards mm. this week. Mm-hmm. Another Chargers Vikings bet. He's eclipsed this four, he, he had eclipsed this four straight times uh, until these back to back slow games that the Vikings have had. We've mentioned the Chargers injuries to Michael Davis, Asante Samuel as a concussion, the backup guy towards ACL. Uh, this week, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, Clint Kubiak, has openly spoken about how he wants to get Jefferson the ball more, that he feels like uh, he doesn't have enough targets when the game ends, and that's not how you win games. Justin Jefferson getting a lot of yards helps you win games. I like the squeaky wheel approach a lot. I'm a fan of that. This is the second highest game total of the week, 53. It's, it's one point below the highest total of the week, which is the Cowboys game, I believe. 76 and a half is not a lot for what I feel is one of the best route running wide receivers in the league, in a dome, in LA, 53-point game total with beat-up corners. I see this being a 35-32 game, and I see Justin Jefferson probably having 76 yards at halftime. I, Craig, I like this one a lot. You know why? Because I almost put the Justin Jefferson over five and a half receptions for basically all the reasons that you just said. Uh, I think that's another solid one. The uh, It was just a little too frothy. Too much pulp, I should say. Um, 155. It was, it was minus 155. So I was like, you guys are going to make fun of me for that. Um, so I didn't do it. But I think overall, I like your I like your rationale here. I almost took the Jefferson under. And then actually looking into Justin Jefferson, I actually took it off. <laughs> because I actually think that Justin Jefferson can go over, but I still believe in the Kirk Cousins under. Because I feel like you can still get, you can still hit the Cousins totally. over. It's exactly and, yeah. how I feel. Because under, like, I should say, yeah. Here's the th- my my thing is like I actually saw the the Kubiak quote about get him the ball more because here's like Justin Jefferson has five targets the last two weeks. That's ridiculous. That's ins- like total yeah. five targets in two games for what would be the number one receiver on twenty two NFL teams. Like that's kind of wild. And also, like if you look at those. T- in the middle of the season, like there was, there was a game where Cousins had 203 yards, and in that same game, Justin Jefferson had 84 of those. So like, here's the thing: I think Jefferson. I'm. I think that this bet can win. Ooh, this is like a middle for you if you were in it, on this. You're gonna I, that's middle the it. Thing it's like I, I honestly I, I'm gonna be out because I feel like I'd be talking out of both sides of my mouth if I'm like, oh, it'll middle. Like, no, I I just feel. And again, this this game has a high over under. I could be wrong. This could be a huge game for Kirk Cousins, and they could pass a lot. Justin Jefferson can break 100 yards, and Craig could win by a mile. I just kind of look at this like if the like I am fairly certain that the Vikings' ideal game plan is to get like 250 rushing yards in this game. And they really are going to try. And that's why I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to take the under on Kirk Cousins. I'm out on Justin Jefferson over the over. But I can also see it happening because they might make an intent to just get him the ball more. They're five. Well, yeah, because I, I kind of thought about the Browns game. And I was like, what do the Browns do while they run the ball? And in that Chargers game, I mean, Baker had a huge passing day. Like sometimes when the game total is so high, like when you put up so many points, you can kind of just have both. Yeah, like you can't, if, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're intent on just running the ball, it can't last the entire game. Like you can't not throw it in a shootout. That's totally fair. Uh, I think I'm going to go in the middle. I, I like this one, though. Um, I it's th- not that many yards. I I, it's hedging a little bit. It feels like I'm hedging a little bit, but I also think they could... Be, I, I think both could hit, honestly, um, because they, they focus so much their passing game on Jefferson and on Thielen. And so he could still hit this over, and, and they could hit the under with Kirk Cousins, o- Kirk Cousins over... Or, sorry, under 274 yards. So I think... 
I mean, even though it sounds like I'm hedging, I feel like I'm still, I still got a chance to get both here. So I'm going to go in with you on this one because I do think the squeaky wheel narrative is important, but more, more so it's more than squeaky wheel. It's just like, this makes fucking sense to target Justin Jefferson. He's your best player. Now for everyone listening, now that we have basically all decided, well, the Kirk Cousins under could hit and the Justin Jefferson over could hit and the weak middle, there's an obvious thing to bet which is you should bet the over for Kirk Cousins and the under for Justin Jefferson. Because if we're thinking both these <laughs> bets will be right, obviously they will both be wrong. You know what? Honestly, though, I mean, maybe you're right. But thinking of that opposite bet, Kirk over 276 and Justin Jefferson under 76, that's that sounds so unlikely. Happen. It is, but that sounds so <laughs> unlikely in my head that I'm like, oh, we made a good bet. Which then perhaps <laughs> means it's a terrible bet. That's Yeah, the, the confidence is really, it's kind of like how you draft your fantasy team. You're like, wow, this is going to win in August 28th and you're you can, can't you kind of see this game turning into like the, the Browns Chargers game though yeah like I know that you already said that but like that it does it does kind of feel like this every single be- Vikings game is in the 30s and close in the yeah. fourth quarter yeah. yeah but like I'm so much more confident in the Browns than the Vikings the Vikings eh, I'm not Kirk, I, I kind of like I the guess, Vikings I guess it's I kind of like the Vikings Kirk's honestly. weird Kirk because <laughs> Kirk is such a boring guy and he's such an average quarterback that you think that he's like average, like a five out of 10. But in reality, he's average on average, but like he's really just an eight or a two and like never in between. Yeah. Like he's just such a streaky player that comes across as vanilla. Kirk yeah. has 16 touchdowns and two picks this year. I know. I was going to say, like, if I had to, if you had to choose, like, gun to your head, are you taking, are you taking no, but, Mayfield or Cousins at your Oh, well, I'm taking um, Kirk. They're similar in my mind. But the last two weeks, man, Kirk Cousins has been checking down on, like, third and sh- goal, like, third down. Like, he has been so reticent. I don't want to use that word oh, twice, wow. but, like, he's day. just, it's just so timid, honestly. Like, they're just, I don't know. Anyway, we can move on to a different game. Okay. So, so just for the record, uh, I'm just looking at the DVOA rankings for these teams. Cleveland is far above uh, Minnesota in terms of overall offense, but passing offense. Minnesota has the sixth ranked passing offense in DVOA this year. Um, Cleveland has the 11th. But obviously, Cleveland is a dominant run game. So I don't know. Um, I think they're both good offenses, the bottom line. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, sharks. Uh, I got a couple. I got a couple here for the Steelers game that I want to hit you with. And Craig, oh. since you're a Steelers fan, maybe you'll uh, have some good insights here. All right, I want a five dollar investment on DeAndre Swift going over thirty nine and a half receiving yards against the Steelers this week. Thirty nine and a half receiving yards. This guy is getting like ten targets a game <laughs> in in the receiving game. Maybe not really, but it feels like it. Um, he has hit the over on this number six out of eight games this year. Jamal Williams out on Wednesday and Thursday with a quad injury. So even if he does play, 
it seems likely that he's a little more limited role, and so Swift could get more snaps than normal, which leads to more opportunities in the passing game. Um, Pittsburgh has a major advantage in their defensive line versus the Lions' offensive line, according to PFF, um, which means, in my mind, Detroit's not going to have a lot of time to drop back and pass and and do some of the deep stuff that they want to do. It's going to be a lot of dump-offs, a lot of short and intermediate area stuff. Um, I think that they're going to be in a trailing script, most likely, for this game. Uh, and that means more passing, less running. So all those things together, and I think Swift is, um, he's been one of their most dynamic uh, weapons in the passing game, and so I think there's a good chance that he gets the over on this one. I think he's going to get targeted, you know, six to eight times here at least, and then, um, you know, just what he's been able to do in the open field, I think he can he can make this happen. So um, that's my first one. Let me know what you think about that one first before I go on to well, the next no, one. Well, I, I want to hear both. Okay, so in, in the same, pretty much the exact same vein, like game script, style, the offensive line versus the defensive line, um, you know, disadvantage for the Lions, all that stuff. I think this is a, also potentially be a very good game for TJ Hawkinson. So his over-under right now is four and a half um, going up against the Steelers. He's easily gone over this last three games. He had 10 catches, six catches, and eight catches in the last three games. Um, he is the undisputed number one pass option in this offense, unless you count DeAndre Swift as that. Um, and then... The Steelers against tight ends this year, they've been average to middling um, in terms of the amount of fantasy points that they're giving up, catches, yards, all that stuff. Um, and crucially, like I think people kind of got off Hawkinson halfway through the year because he had a knee injury and he was like fighting through it. He wasn't very effective. He seems to be off. Um, he seems to be past that knee injury now. He's off the injury report, looks healthy. Um, and again, going back to the trailing script, I think these are going to be the two guys with Swift and Hawkinson that get a lot of good work in this game against the Steelers team that... Um, is likely to be leading for the majority of the game. You know, I think it's going to be a close enough game too that, like, it's going to be both teams passing quite a bit in the second half as they try and like maybe go back and forth. I think this could be actually a closer game than you think, but I do think generally the Lions are um, going to be in a passer heavy script during this game. So let me know. What I, you think. I'm having trouble jiving those two things closer than we think, but it's a pass heavy script. What do you mean by that? Well, I think. The reality is they're likely to be trailing in this game. The Steelers are a better team, but I think uh, the Lions are good enough to be in the game. And if you're in the game, if the lead's changing in the, in the second half or whatever, there's still teams that are they're going to be passing and things like that to try and you know move the ball downfield. Um, in other words, they're not going to be like protecting a lead uh, in the second half. So all right, that's li- at least not how I see it. Um, and also with the offensive line, defensive line. Disadvantage. I don't see them running a ton. They don't have Jamal Williams. Dondre Swift has not been very effective as a runner. All that all that adds up to a lot of passing for the for the Lions. Um against the Steelers defense that is a really good pass rush. Um and you know it's gonna stuff the run, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think this spreads like eight and a half points or something right now. I I kind of like Detroit, to be honest. The Steelers have a tendency to play up and then down to their opponent. Yeah. They make every game close, kind of regardless of who they're playing. I like the Swift one probably more than the Hawkinson one. Swift just feels a little bit more matchup proof. All of these receiving running backs just feel a little bit more matchup proof. The Steelers are really good against fantasy running backs, but you know, the, I think that is a bit more centered on in the running game than it is in the passing game. So 39 and a half after, you know, he's hit it six or eight six out of eight times this year. They probably will be down at some point in this game. They're down like the most out of any team in the league. So I'm in. I'm in on DeAndre Swift over 39 and a half receptions. Nice. TJ Hawkinson to get five catches. I mean, it's again, it's another one that like feels probably about right. That line's about right. But my worry is that 
you know, they're just going to the shut down the whole. Yeah, the, <laughs> the the, whole this is kind game. of one of those games where like Jared Goff is terrible under pressure, and if they kind of, you know, bump T.J. Hawkinson on the line, like he won't have time to get open when it when Jared Goff needs to throw the ball. So I think I'll sit the T.J. Hawkinson line out, and I will buy in on the De- DeAndre Swift line. That's so funny. I was thinking about doing the exact opposite. Yeah, I don't like the DeAndre Swift line. I'm more interested in the Hawkinson one because the Swift one, 40 yards is a lot of yards, man. And also, like, if we're sitting here being like, well, their best receiver is DeAndre Swift, I, I just feel like the Steelers aren't going to just be like, oh, they keep dumping it down to Swift for a lot of yards. Like, I imagine that's like a focus for the Steelers this week because they're probably not afraid of the Lions receiving core, like at all. It's like Odell went to Detroit. So I, I'm i just hesitant. I just feel like the Steelers D, I mean, first of all, just to, I don't want to poke a hole here, but like, if the idea is the Lions will be playing from behind, so Swift's going to get a lot of passes. The last game the Lions played, they were down, they lost 44-6 to to the Eagles. Like, that's theory. And Jamal Williams was out for that game, I think. I don't think he even played. And DeAndre Swift had 24 receiving yards in that game. Yeah. And like, you know, that's kind of like the perfect script for him to get a lot of garbage. I just don't think that... But every game has been the perfect script for him to get a lot of garbage, and he has. He's done it in six of eight games. That's like, fair. I I, don't, I, I, I really guess, don't have... I don't know what to, like... I don't know how to... It's just a lot for a running back to yeah. depend on, and I'm just afraid of that. I don't Hawkinson, know. He's their number one receiver. So what? What? what is it again? It's 39 I'm, and a half. I, what I'm interested in is how the Bears, if you watch the Bears Monday football game, Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet kind of carved up the Steelers' D in the second half. And I don't know if that's quite like they were kind of playing off in the second half, but like I, I, this, the, the Steelers, the, the Bears tight ends had a lot more success than I thought they would. I would, if I had to pick one of these, I would go Hawkinson. I, I would be in on Hawkinson, but I'm out on DeAndre Swift over 40 yards. Okay. I like it. That's fine. I, I, I actually kind of like when I was putting these together, I thought the Hawkinson was a little more risky. I feel like the Swift one is sort of like game script proof. Like my, my, cool. in my, vi- like my vision is, it's going to be they'll they'll be in a trailing script, but the game is close enough where um, it's not like a complete blowout, and they end up just like using somebody else or whatever. I feel like he's still even if they're winning or if they're losing, they're still going to use him in the passing game. Like he's one of their he's one of their best players. Um, I think but, the odds that implied here, like the the juice being higher on Hawkinson, would say that they think it's less risky yeah, than the Swift one. Hot, I just yeah. basically at the end of the day, I just don't want to take a bunch of Detroit overs against Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's really right. it. I mean, that's fair. Although, to Craig's point, I get what you're saying. We're, you know, take the points. But I also think if you think it'll be closer than you think, I would just take the actual points in the game. Then, Yeah, I I don't mind Detroit plus eight and a half. Don't, uh, don't ruin my later long shot bet. That's all I'm mm. going to say. While we're talking about just like game script games, I got a game script for you. I, I want to bet under Cordell Patterson under 10 and a half carries. Sharks. Sharks. Yo. I just, Cordell Patterson has gone double-digit carries twice this season. And yet the line here is 10 and a half. Teams run, as we were just talking about, teams run generally when they're winning and they're controlling the ball. And it's like, I don't think the Falcons are going to beat the Cowboys or control the ball at all. I think the Cowboys are kind of going to stop the Falcons. I, I really do. And I, I like even the games where the Falcons, in theory, should have like given the Cordell Patterson the ball, he doesn't get like that many carries. And then on top of it, I just think Dallas is going to control this whole game. I, I know that's weird to say because Dallas was blown out last week, but that's because the Broncos really rushed the passer and they got to Dak. The Falcons aren't going to get to Dak. The Falcons are last in the league in sacks. They have no pass rush. And so, like, if you look at the O-line versus D-line rankings this week or just, like, the matchups, the Cowboys probably have one of the best ones for pass protection, even without Tyrone Smith. And they also have one of the best ones with run blocking. 
Like, this is just a huge mismatch. So I don't think Dak's, Dak's not going to get pressured. He's going to have plenty of time. I think it's a big week for him and for C.D. Lamb. And then I also think it's Zeke Elliott time and halftime. I just feel like the Cowboys are going to control this game. Now, there's no Cowboy props up, which is what I wanted to give you. But that's why it caught my eye with Cordell Patterson. Because I don't really see how if the Cowboys get to an early lead, I don't really see Cordell Patterson getting to like 11 or 12 carries. I kind of like this one. Um, I think they're going to use him more as like a pass catcher. You know, they yeah. kind of have to. Like, they don't have as much talent uh, in the receiver court anymore. Uh, Calvin Ridley is out for at least another game or two, right? Two games more, I think, um, at the very minimum. And he's like one of their most dynamic threats. I think that uh, Mike Davis is going to continue to get like his opportunities in the backfield. But yeah, like you said, they're probably not going to be able to run it that much in this game. So Last I like that week, one a lot. When the Falcons were up, 24 to 6 in the fourth quarter. Cordero Patterson still didn't get 10 carries. He had nine. He had nine. He had nine carries. And that's in a game where they should have, you know what I mean? Like, where that's the kind of game script where you run a lot. I know the Saints run defense, but it's better than the Cowboys, but still. Yeah. Um, I'm in on this one for all, like, for all the reasons that you mentioned, like, basically, like the game script, the fact that they're utilizing him half the time, or I think it's like 40% of the time he's running routes. He's not even in the backfield. Um, you know, the the matchup here with offensive line, defensive line. For all those reasons, I'm in. I like this one. Yeah, I'm going to go in, too. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I at think... the end of the day, it's like the team, the, the Falcons are nine-point underdogs. Like, yeah. you know, betting against the carry total for a nine-point underdog is pretty solid, I think. Yeah, I just think this game's going to be very passive. I don't the, think they're going to yeah. be running the ball a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could get a hand for him. So. All righty. Wow, look at us. Little group chat. All right, Craig, hit us. All right, I'm going to stick in that game, folks, and I'm going to talk about Sorry, I said folks. I meant sharks. Shark folks. <laughs> shark folks. Folks are friends. You ever seen that movie Shark Tale? Decent movie. Uh, car wash? <laughs> I going have not. To the, I have not. the car wash, yeah. Wasn't it like the sharks had like a mafia vibe going on? Wasn't it like a... Like a yeah, I think like, like good the, fellas. I, I think the car wash yeah. was like a front for their business for what they were actually doing. Oh, like Breaking Bad style. It was like, it was like a bada bing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, though, that they, like in real life, though, like there are fish that like wash the teeth of other fish and they don't eat them and they have like an economy. Isn't that kind of nuts? You ever think about that? I don't. I've never That's crazy. You just like they pull up to the car wash and they're just here. We're just like eat the bacteria off your scales. And they're like, cool, I won't eat you. And like they know. Symbiotic, symbiotic. Whatever. I thought that I would find some enthusiasm <laughs> in this topic. It's don't worry okay. Sharks. Shark tails. I'm coming at you for a Mike Davis bet. Heifetz is going to have to be in on this one just to really? stick to his core principles. I'm going right. Mike Davis under 52 and a half total yards. Total yards? So total yards, 52 and a half. Plus I love this bet. I'm, I, I, right. I, you, I heard Mike Davis. I heard under. And for that reason, I'm in. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me list you Mike total, Mike total, Mike Davis's total Mike yards check. each of the last five weeks. 18, 66, 10, 61, 16. Mm. It's either right there or not even fucking close. And I don't think this game is going to be pretty fucking close in terms of the score. So, first of all, Dallas is just really good against the run. They're, they're great against the run. That's why we like Corderell over in passing yards. I think this game has a massive total. There's going to be a lot of passing. Matt Ryan's been playing really well. And Mike Davis is playing worse and worse as the season goes on. His targets and touches have dipped as the season has gone on. So, even if Mike Davis gets 10 carries... I, I mean, I, I don't predict that's going to go for 55 yards. I don't see Mike Davis averaging five or six yards a carry. Uh, and he predominantly gets all of his yardage on the ground, which is something I don't foresee in this game. Yeah. 
I think this is like the perfect compliment uh, to the Cordell Patterson one, and I like it a lot. I think all this, all the same arguments apply. The game script likely is going to be Dallas leading, and they're going to have to come back. Um, we could see some for, like a fourth quarter fury by a flurry, I should say, by the by the Falcons as they kind of like try and pass a bunch. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean Mike Davis is going to get involved. I don't even know if I mean, be- look, Hyvitz talked about it in the game last week. Atlanta was up twenty. What was it? 28 to 24 six? To 20, four to six. 24 to six. Mike Davis had nine carries for 13 yards. <laughs> to be clear, the Saints run D is really good. Sure, but like take but Miami. The, the Falcons beat Miami 30 to 28. Mike Davis had four carries for 10 yards in that game. So there's not really a correlation between the Falcons are winning and Mike Davis gets a ton of yards, you know? I've noticed, yeah. <laughs> um, I like this one. I mean, maybe it's just because we went so hard on Mike Davis in in... The last few weeks, in terms of like like Heifetz missing on that one or whatever, um, but let's keep that let's keep that energy going and, and bet against him again. Here, I'm in. Well, the big thing is that his receiving yardage has just gone down. Like the first yeah. three weeks of the season, he was seeing like four or five catches a game, and then Cordarrelle, you know, came on, and everyone was like, yeah. "Oh my god, this yeah. guy's better than Mike Davis in the passing game." And now Mike Davis is not really getting a lot of work, and I think that's why um, his yardage totals are dropping so much is because he just doesn't catch passes anymore. I like it. Here, wait. So if we same game parlay this, I don't know how same game parlay works with it because usually it's hard to combine like the same position sometimes. But I don't mm-hmm. know what Patterson's positioning is technically. So Patterson, if we wanted a same game parlay, we could do. Nope, we can't. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh well, the dream is dead. Next up, oh DK, you did both of yours. All right, my turn. Uh, yeah, sharks. Yes. I want to take a head coach at their word, which is a terrible opening now that I think about it. But <laughs> I want to do Ryan Tannehill under 33 and a half pass attempts. Interesting. Okay. So shout out Adam Levitan, established the run, who's been crushing it. Uh, I have noticeably, I've seen him move lines, which is incredible. Uh, this was even odds when I first saw it. It is now like minus 140. So I know Craig's going to be upset with me. I that's juicy. Have no, backups. that's not bad. That's not pulpy enough for me. That's okay. So basically, it's like Tannehill hasn't gone over 33 pass attempts in like six weeks. Like it's it just hasn't happened. And then the Saints D that the Titans are playing is fantastic. Maybe like th- maybe there's an argument here that the Saints run D is so good the Titans are gonna have to throw. But like when Derrick Henry got hurt, Mike Variable literally said the press conference, we're not gonna just start throwing the ball 40 times a game. That's like the last thing I want to do. He said that at the press conference. I think this whole Saints Titans game is about ball control and field position. It's gonna be ugly. I like I we'll see if Kamara's even in this game, but this is an ugly ball control field position game. I don't see Ryan Tannehill being this being the game where they start unleashing him for like 34 plus attempts. That's just not the kind of game I think the Titans want to play here. I'm of two minds with this one. My initial instinct was to point to two different things. Number one, Derrick Henry was on the team five of the last six weeks (laughs) that you mentioned that he hit the under on here. Uh, The one time he wasn't on the team or wasn't playing, uh, the Rams gave the Titans two very, very well. He gave him one essentially short two that. touchdowns. Right, That's what I'm I'm gonna him, gonna they spotted him two touchdowns. So that, like, that makes a difference in my mind. However, that being said, um, I don't think the Saints can score. <laughs> so it's like the Titans' defense has been scary good lately. I don't know if this is necessarily something that you can like expect them to continue doing, but their defensive line has been dominating games. 
Um, they can rush with four. They can drop back with um, the rest of their guys and like do pretty well in the back end, even though they have a lot of injuries in their secondary. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Simeon's going to do. If, if uh, Taysom Hill is the starter, I don't know what their offense is going to do. I don't think the Titans are going to have to throw it as much as they um, m- like would against like a, a really good offense. You know what I mean? So like on one hand, my gut is like, well, the reason they didn't throw much last week against the Rams is because they got spotted at 14 points and they and one of their drives was like one play. That, sca- that scared me as I was going through this. That is However, definitely like the scary part. But it's also s- seven more passes than that. Maybe. Yeah. But but I'm going to go with you on this one. I think I, I for the reason the fact that I don't think that the Saints are going to be able to like put up a bunch of points and and really like make this turn this into a shootout type game. For that reason, I'm going in on this one with you. So I actually originally was looking at the Ryan Tannehill over on pass attempts, and I ended up kind of staying away. But that kind of also makes me worried about betting the under. I kind of think I'm just going to maybe treat this as a stay away, kind of because it's almost like what you said at the start. Like I'm going to trust the coach on his word. I don't think that the Titans should run the ball a lot. I think they should be throwing more, especially against the Saints D where they're not going to be able to run. Yeah. So yeah. that is, and I'll admit that that is my fear and that the 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 fact that they move the odds so down on this, it, it, it I, what I don't like is if the Saints offense actually does score, as Deke has said, because I do think the Saints offensive line is a lot more physical than the previous, like than the Rams line and like some of the other lines the Titans have dominated. Yeah, the Rams <laughs> line is very slight of build. Dainty. Dare I say, Dainty. yeah, by wow. offensive line standards, I could probably beat every single one of them up. Life is relative, yeah, exactly. We could stuff them in a locker or something, give them a swirly. But the Saints' offensive line is a lot more physical, and that is the if if this were to go wrong, I think it's that the Saints march down on the Titans, and then Daniel does have to throw. And ironically, Daniel does throw forty times, and I feel like an idiot. I just kind of don't feel comfortable betting this either way. So for that reason, I am, I'm going to stay out. I'm nervous about it, but I'm sticking with you. Hyphens. Do you want to quickly hear my backups that I had in case Craig yelled at me over the, the pulp changing? <laughs> 140 is not bad. It was just when you were like, Justin Herbert over one and a half passing touchdowns, minus 215. No, was like, that right. was one because I had an Aaron Rodgers one. I had a dream about it. Oh, yeah. And then you, I was just like, I don't care what the pulp is. I, when you have a dream about winning a bet, you make the bet. That's how, that's how it works. I would make every single bet that's minus 215, but yeah. My backup was Dallas Goddard over 44 receiving yards for the Eagles, which I'll yeah, briefly nice. just describe as the Broncos are not a great matchup, but I mean, my God, he's playing like 90 plus percent of the snaps and like he's been crushing it. I mean, it's kind of just lower than I thought. Like I feel like the Eagles passing numbers are really deflated by who they've played the last two weeks, Chargers and Lions. And like, I mean, sorry, let me look it up right now. He, I mean, it's 44 for Goddard. Last few games, he has 43, 72, 70. That's the post yeah. Zach Ertz weeks. And like, obviously the 43 against the Chargers because they ran, you know, a bunch. So anyway, I, the Dallas Goddard one, I also like a lot. Yeah, I like that I would even adopt too. it actually as like a fourth bet since that seems to be a trend now for us. Should we adopt it? You want to adopt it? I would adopt the Dallas Goddard we should, one. We should at least fill out the papers, see if we're eligible. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll fill out the application and we'll pay the fee. We'll decide later. Okay. Okay. Craig. All right, Sharks. Last bet of the day. This is my favorite bet of the day. I'm coming at you looking for a $5 investment for Russell Wilson coming back from whatever weird hammer finger. What what is that called? (laughs) Mallet finger. Mallet finger. (laughs) Mallet finger. He's the quickest recovery in human history. I'm looking to bet the under... Sorry, we have to... Did you you see the tweet today, the report that like he was rehabbing 19 hours a day. I couldn't cut, tell if that was yeah, even they a were joke like, or not. He, he had like a person that like wake him up in the middle of the night, like several times, like every hour or whatever to like, I don't know what, dip I it thought in, that was a dip joke it in his nail like, no, bubble that's water real. or something. But 
Honestly, I think that's kind of like, I kind of respect it. That's kind of where he was literally like, the only thing I'm going to do is rehab my middle finger for five straight weeks. He's that, like, I'm not sleep, going to dinner. He's going to be sleep deprived, man. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm winning the prop bet race because I just work on it 19 hours a day. Oh. Okay. I, I get people wake me up in the middle of the night. I just imagine like somebody massaging Russ's finger as he's sleeping at night or it's like in some <laughs> machine that gyrates it back and forth. So I'm taking the under on 35 and a half passing attempts for screen bet. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the machine. So wait, why are you taking the under specifically? I think it's because of the hand, DK. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but I think you want to <laughs> unleash that shit. Come on. Let's what? get back. You want to unleash the, <laughs> unleash the finger out into the world? Okay, well, here's yeah. my first argument. And this might be the only one I need. He's never hit this total this year. <laughs> okay, Not once. Good. He hasn't that's even good. really gotten close. 32 is the highest passing attempts he's had this year. But to add on to that, yes, he's coming back from his remarkably recovered dislocated finger. And he's been very mentally prepared because he's been huddling with all the people who don't exist. A lot of visualization. Why is it at 35 if he's never even hit this this whole year? Well, it's a little bit of pulp. It's minus 145. Uh, but Heifetz talked about Mike Zimmer and his willingness to run. Well, Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, too. He ran the ball a lot with Geno Smith. Spoiler. It kind of worked. Yeah. Uh, and Green Bay is a team that lets you run, much like the Chargers. Mm. Joe Barry is a, is a Brandon Staley disciple and kind of has adopted well, that same... The what, no, I know he's older, but like five years older than Brandon Staley. But <laughs> yeah, that doesn't matter. Age is just a it number. It matters a lot. But continue. I'm just saying they play the same style of defense. That um, works. That's they were together on the Rams for like two or three years. Uh, I like the under in the game. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play in this game. I think that the Seahawks are going to try to have a balanced attack as they have the entire season, the entire history of Russell Wilson. They've had a balanced attack, and now he's coming back from a five week that should be eight week injury. You're telling me they're not going to balance this offense out in a team that has light boxes in Green Bay? This is easy money for me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm never going to... I would pretty much never bet on the Seahawks passing a lot. So I think this is better than my Ryan Tannehill <laughs> bet, and it's, it's... I like this better than my Ryan Tannehill bet. It's like the same odds. I, would, I, just, like I don't know same. what the argument is to like, no, he's going to pass it 40 times. I just no, I don't is, know what the I, argument I, is. I, I, I mean, the only I argument would be like they fall better. behind early in the game. Like by two touchdowns and they have to pass a bunch. I think even if they like even if they're in trailing script though, like half the game, CX offense has been pretty like hit hit or miss in terms of third downs and moving the chains. They run really slow. They're one of the slowest offenses. They run they have like the fewest plays of any fucking team in the NFL this year, or one of the fewest plays of, the, uh, of any teams or whatever. And so um yeah, this is just not a high volume passing game right now, uh, or this year at all. So I, I think yeah. this is a really good one, Craig. When the game script is close, the Seahawks pass the 29th most in the league. <laughs> yeah. I think, no, this is really good. This doesn't make any sense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is over under for past attempts this week is like 38. And like go. Russell Wilson's going to have like a sling on his finger. Like, right, I don't know. Right. This is this is really good. This is By obviously going to lose because I'm more confident in this than the other ones. <laughs> I heard that there's supposed to be snow in Lambeau this weekend. We should Even just put better. a lot of money on this. <laughs> What is happening? Now I'm too now we're too confident. We got to cuz it's pulpy, on. so we have to put a little bit of money down, but yeah. I yeah, okay. We'll we'll discuss after. All right. Russell Wilson under 35, that's a really good one. Okay. So to quick recap, Russ under 35, Cordell Patterson under 10 and a half carries. TJ Hawkinson over 4 and a half receptions. DeAndre Swift over 40 receiving yards. Kirk Cousins under 274 passing yards. Austin Eckler over the 101. Little LA joke for you. Ha. Odell will be on the 101 soon. Uh, Justin Jefferson over 77 receiving yards. We're going to middle it, which really means we're going to, what's the opposite of a middle? 
actually don't know. An extreme? <laughs> I'm not sure. What is the opposite of a hedge? <laughs> out now? the opposite of a hedge? Know. All in? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a double down. Anyway. Okay. And the Mike Davis under, how could I forget? This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Long shots. Yeah. I'll give you guys one. If you, so I think the Saints beat the Titans, actually. I like this one, too. I, I, I think I'm just going to bet the Saints money line. You, so the Saints, you could do this, you could parlay the Saints getting three points, the Raiders money line, because that's another one, like, I, the Raiders should be kind of favored. I don't know. Raiders are kind of better than the Chiefs. I know, at home, yeah. So, like, the Raiders money line, which is positive, and then the Bills, I want, the Jets are, like, disgusting in the first quarter. I mean, like, like, feel, like gross, like, uh, like, uh, abhorrent. So I'm taking the Bills giving three in the first quarter. And I'm putting that with, you could you could do the Saints plus three in the Raiders money line, six to one. Or if you just think the Saints are going to win. Saints to win, Raiders to win, Bills to win the first quarter is like nine to one. Well, <laughs> what are the Jets like in the first quarter with Mike White? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I don't care. The Bills are going to score a touchdown in the first quarter is my take. Okay. They didn't score a touchdown in an entire game against Jags, but that's fine. And I, I believe Mike White has put up big numbers in the in the two first quarters he's played. Didn't he march down immediately and score before Hasn't he got hurt? played the Buffalo Bills. Don't care. I don't I I don't necessarily agree with you, Hype. It's I'm giving you shit, but um I do have a Mike White inspired bet in my long shot. So should I give Hell you Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, my, yeah this is my this three, is the Mike White time. My three leg parlay. This isn't even like a long shot. It's just three legs or whatever. So I got the Jets covering against the Bills. The Bills are coming nice. off a game where their offense just did not look good whatsoever. Uh it's been a little hit or miss. I will say and admit that the Bills have done well other than last week at just dominating inferior opponents. However, the Jets' offense has been a little frisky lately, especially when Mike White's in there. And um, Corey Davis is back. Corey Davis, is he back? That's good. Uh, I think so. Elijah Moore is kind of coming on strong. They got Jamison Crowder still. You know, uh, Michael Carter has really shown up lately. I think their offense is better than people give them credit for. So I'm just thinking they're going to cover. So I'm having the Jets covering versus the Bills. I'm having the Falcons. This is my second leg. Falcons covering at the Cowboys. Same same sort of deal. I still think the Cowboys are going to win. However, the Falcons' offense has been really kind of like hitting their stride over the last few weeks. Uh, it feels like Matt Ryan is feeling more comfortable in the uh, the Arthur Smith offense. They got they got a ton of yards off of play action last week, which is exactly what you think it would be uh, with Arthur Smith under center. Or sorry, without Arthur Smith calling plays. Um, Cal uh, Pitts is still a threat. You know, I just think they're a little frisky. So I got the Falcons covering versus the Cowboys. And then finally, and Craig, you mentioned this earlier, the Lions covering, and they're uh, they're the Steelers are favored by eight right now. So the Lions covering um, against the Steelers because the Steelers played down to their opponent every week. 
the Lions have been playing up to like uh, uh, superior competition. It seems like they always end up losing, but they're still like making these games mostly coming out of a bye. Um, so Steelers coming off a short week. There you go, Claypool out. Uh, I just like what Craig said. It's the most true thing with the Steelers is they just play up or down to their competition. They such a weird. Solak says this like all the time. They they like drag you down to like they make to their level. They make they want you to play an ugly ass. Well, not to one up you on the names, but I did the green room with Ryan Shazier, and even Ryan Shazier was like, "Yeah, I don't know why they do that, but they really do." Yeah, well, I just had a call with Mike Tomlin, and so so Mike Tomlin was was like, "Oh yeah," I was talking to Mike Tomlin's not playing coach. I was talking to Vince Lombardi, and uh, no, I don't. I talk, I I visit. I did a seance with Chuck Knoll. <laughs> this is like the SNL sketch with Kristen Wiig. My dad actually owns the moon, so <laughs> my father, inventor of the toaster strudel. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, enough enough of that. I think so. Th- again, this is. Do so you uh, think the lines cover? This is a million yes. dollar picks underdog parlay of the week. Do oh, is it? it? No, I'm saying it, it's it, it has that vibe. That's what you're. That's oh, what you're okay, giving cool, off here. Cool. I was like. Damn, I hope I didn't copy anyone. Anyway, so Jets cover against the Bills. Falcons cover against the Cowboys. Lions cover against the Steelers. That makes the odds uh, plus 600-ish. So a $10 bet pays $69. Nice. That is really nice. I the one that scares me is the Jets covering twelve. I completely but. agree. I, the I, you know what's funny is you made the argument for the Jets to cover and didn't say why I thought they could cover, which is that the Jets have been absolutely and utterly dominated by teams with like physical running games. Like the Colts just made a joke of them because the Colts opened holes. There's like a like a higher plane of like a like a, the size of a rushing hole. Like when you see a rushing hole that's the size of like a real like a high school football team can make on their homecoming game. That's like, <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. when there's, sometimes there's a hole that you're like, I could have scored a touchdown on that. It's like uh, that gotten... NBC show La Brea that just came out. It's like that size hole. Yeah, that was that was what the Colts looked like for Jonathan Taylor against the Jets. And I don't think the Bills can do that. Even though the Bills will run on them, I think that maybe that's not. But still, I, I just still think the Bills can just absolutely. I think the Bills thrash them. I couldn't give less of a shit about the Jaguars game last week, honestly. I, I need Al Michaels to make that pun when he has to do a La Brea read. After a big run, so was Brea, a, that that is like an actual part of LA, and there are actual yeah. recognizable pieces of that neighborhood falling through the hole. And so I almost want to watch that show just to like it looks often time around there. I used to run through the I used to live right by there, and I used to run through the La Brea tar pits, like the little area. It's, it's actually really nice. Smells bad, but really nice. <laughs> my, I'll run through my long shot quickly. It's not really rooted in much fact except one, and I kind of want to make a bet like this. So my bet is Philadelphia against Denver to score the first touchdown of the game. It's plus 103. Philly is seventh in the NFL in first quarter scoring. Denver is 25th, yet Denver is minus 155 to score a touchdown. There were so many numbers. I'll run it again. Philly's really good at scoring in the first quarter. Denver's really bad at scoring in the first quarter. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But Denver is minus 155 to score first. And I'm like, also, I've never made a who who's going to score first bet, and I kind of want to feel that angst. Yeah. So I'd love to bet this. It's like a particular kind of. <laughs> it's fun, man. It's lifestyle. like uh, my buddies and I used to bet on what commercial was coming up. Every time we'd go to commercial, you go, you'd like put a dollar or five bucks on like car commercial, insurance mm. company, uh, yeah. soda, candy, or whatever. It's so much fun because it's like, just like fast immediate food, payoff. Yeah. yeah. What's that <laughs> dumb drug like college kids smoke that like lasts like ten minutes? I don't even know. I you know, know what, what I mean? you're talking like about. Legal. I can't remember the name it's of like it. It's like legal in some states. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. talking about... Um, I actually know somebody who did it. I was... Uh, it only lasts like 10 minutes. Yes, but it's cra- It's like a crazy hallucinogen. That's don't the first do quarterback. Don't do it, kids. 
No, 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 no. Please, no, don't do this. But that's the first quarter bet. Oh, like, that's who gonna, who's going to score first? Yeah. Like a very brief rush. I do like... I, uh, Craig, I have a... Craig, are you finding heart. this right now? That would make me yeah. happy if you found it. All I definitely right. gonna, like love these early bets that just get over with early. Like the first score of the game or whatever. It's like... I think you like a lot of fun. Yeah. I need, I need quick payout. I don't want to have to like... Wait until the end of the entire Sunday to like figure delayed out gratification. Happened. More like instant gratification. Fuck okay, can shit. I give you guys the yeah. moonshot while Craig figures out what drug that was? I got. I built something <laughs> special for you guys. I built a punt parlay. I discovered this. <laughs> this week is for Craig specifically. I discovered this week you can bet on who has the most punts in a game, and so I've put tied a bunch of ones together, and I targeted all the teams that either will just obviously win, or the teams playing against the team that's aggressive on fourth down. So. I took the Jets to have more punts than the Bills because obviously mm-hmm. I took the Seahawks to have more punts than the Packers. Oh, that's Pete a fucking cares given. He just position. loves punting so much. <laughs> but unless punting. Jordan, lo- unless Jordan love starts. Yeah. <laughs> I took the Vikings to punt more than the Chargers because Brandon Staley is the fourth down. Go for it. King. I took the Steelers to have more punts than the Lions because the Lions just don't give a shit. They just go for it on fourth down all the time. It's funny that you can bet on this. <laughs> and then I took the Falcons <laughs> to have more punts than the Cowboys. And if you Love tie it. all those together, it's 40 to one. Wow. That's awesome. That's I'm good. down. That's good. Punt parlay, baby. So 10 bucks to win 400. Not quite that, your laptop, but it's not a laptop. Well, so it's, it's, it depends what type of laptop you want, but yeah, there it's not a Novo ThinkPad. I could have added more, but I actually just genuinely believe those five will win. Obviously all together. Is you know, what's a really happen, fun but. bet I saw somebody make on Twitter is you just parlay every single team to say there will be no safety in that game and you just parlay all of them together. Every week. <laughs> I thought about doing that for overtime. Just be like, there will not cool. be overtime this week. Yeah. And then just uh, like. Every, you just do it every week and you'll probably win out. Uh, win, you know, win more than you lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the drug is salvia. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That is. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. <laughs> that is what I was saying. The, the, the who scores first is, is like the salvia of gambling. Yes. It is a crazy hallucinogen, but it's very, very <laughs> brief. <laughs> Oh, and, who, and just like Salvia, whether you have a good or bad trip is decided by a coin toss. <laughs> that is 50, a good point. All right. Uh, last week's bets. How did we do last week? We actually had 10 instead of nine, and then we went six of 10. All right. Just enough to break even, basically. <laughs> just enough to put bread on the table, baby. To keep us coming back. <laughs> there we go. That's a majority. Okay. You know what? Okay. I just thought of a reality show idea. We should combine Survivor with betting. And you can only get food by winning your bets. So <laughs> we kick people off the island. And you get more food if you like have worse odds or whatever. Bill just kicks house off like immediately. Yeah, you turn the island into like a makeshift outdoor bar, but there's no food or anything like that. But they have all of the TVs and the technology available. So they're it's really hilarious. locked in on betting. <laughs> so is it like do you is it like Survivor in that you want some weak people to stay with you the whole time? Like, it's like, you can't just have Warren Sharp and, like, people you need, like, you kind of want to get rid of Warren first because he's going to win otherwise. Well, it should be just like Survivor where there's two teams at first. You want to keep the best bettors, but then the second yeah. and they merge, then you're like, we got to get it's rid like of It's like Warren guys. wouldn't win the betting Survivor because everyone would be afraid of Warren. But if you win the most money, then you win immunity and you can't go home that week. Oh, that's, wow. This is good. This actually, like, we should cut this out and, like, do Not this. a bad idea. Betting Survivor. There needs to be a good name for it. But. Sing for your supper. No, that's not a good. Craig's thinking about it. <laughs> it wasn't the biggest fan. There's no bad ideas in a brainstorm, but that wasn't know. great. Anyway, we're All workshopping right. it. Yeah, fuck, uh-huh. fuck you, Heifetz. All right, yeah, let's all right. move on. Uh, uh, oh, we big news actually. Introducing, we got Ringer Listener League. We're doing this on Fanduel. 
it's a DFS league. So you can do a DFS lineup on FanDuel. And we're, first of all, you can just, you can play with us and you can just win money each week like a normal DFS. But this is the, this is the best part though. We're also going to keep track of your point total throughout the whole second half. So whether there's nine weeks left, so the top eight scores you have, like college, we're going to drop your lowest one. Like we're going to drop your lowest one and the top eight scores, we're going to add them all up. And whoever has the most points on their DFS lineups in this group over the second half of the season will one win money. And then two, we're going to send you a trophy. <laughs> More TBD on what it is. We are custom. literally designing the trophy as we speak. Yeah. Craig has suggested a Mount Rushmore of our faces. And then maybe we'll like put their face on the fourth person. Ooh. <laughs> we could put their face on like the fourth. What if head? we just keep adding a face like a giant like Frankenstein? <laughs> it's like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> we could just tattoo their, the next person's face <laughs> over the old one. Maybe you, uh, each year you send the trophy to the next person and they get it for a year and you add the face on. <laughs> yeah. This is good. I like so, it where this is going. Uh, oh, also, it's, it's a bobblehead. Like they all bobble together. Uh, well, you can find uh, the contest on FanDuel. It is easier if you just click the link in the description of this podcast episode. It will be in every podcast episode that we post moving forward. Just click on it. It'll take you right to the uh, sign-up sheet if you don't have FanDuel. And if you do have FanDuel, it'll take you right to the to the contest. And our, fan, our promo code is Ringer Fantasy. And yeah, Ringer Listener League, baby. Okay. So that'll be in the episode description. Real quick, we, just go th- we don't have to go through our whole lineups for this week, but... I was kind of looking at the Cowboys stack, little Dak, little Zeke, little CD. Uh, so I do ooh, have I have ooh. Tony Pollard in my lineup because ne- Zeke's got this like knee injury, and if this game's a shootout, and they're just like, you know what, we're gonna use a little, little bit of Tony Pollard more in the passing game. Maybe Zeke's a little banged up. I I, I feel like it's gonna be more of a fifty fifty split this week than it is usually. My plug is Jerry Judy at receiver. I have him oh, sixty two hundred. Wow, I don't understand one. this. Like he's gonna get that's peppered really with targets going up. And I think Denver. Denver, the biggest bet that I couldn't make because it's not up was that I think I liked uh, Teddy Bridgewater over on completions. I think that Denver is going to dink and dunk their way uh, through Philadelphia this week at home. And I love Jerry Judy. And honestly, Noah Fant, uh, honestly, whoever you want. But I, I think is also pretty cheap, TBH. Yeah. I just like a lot of the reception and completion numbers for Denver this week. And then there's also just like if Zach Moss doesn't play for Buffalo, we'll see Devin Singletary is also super cheap. But Ooh, we'll see. Like anyway, that. all right. There's your DFS. That's exciting. I cannot wait to see yeah, this. Yeah, so do the ringer, and we're still doing the bad quarterback league. So yeah. still keep doing the bad quarterback league. Yeah. Which is our love. But now we have, you know, yeah, we, have we did not break loves. up at the bad quarterback, so no. we're still doing it. But now, you know, it's hard, you know? Exactly. All right. I think that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. Did you just put fun facts at the end of this doc? I put a few fun facts in there just in case. I'm gonna read one. Yeah, you get one. From Seth. Fun Seth. fact. Bees can perceive time. I knew this one. I read this Did crazy you? article about bees perceiving time. Maybe Go you on. can give me some context here. So this is from Seth. By the way, you're supposed to say his name, guys. Come on. Seth. A uh, study found that you can classically uh, condition bees using sugar water to exit the hive daily at a certain time. They replicated the results with different hives, different times, day, sorry, different times of day and amounts of daylight putting the bees in an abandoned salt mine with no heat or sunlight, and finally, by flying the bees from Paris to New York and noticing that the bees had six hours worth of jet lag. I thought that was so fascinating. That's crazy. I I pretty much read the article that said all this, and my biggest takeaway is like, what man is flying bees from London to (laughs) New York? Scientists, Craig. The scientists are. Can you imagine? Hey, hey, Dan, 
Uh, dinner party this weekend? I can't make it. I'm flying Gotta to fly in London to see if he can perceive time. <laughs> well, that's like our fantastic fun fact from earlier this year that was like, they basically, like, there's a whole theory that like oysters and certain animals and maybe us are like actually in touch with the electromagnetic magnetic pulse of the earth mm-hmm. because oysters adjusted when they open, like they open and close at high tide and then they move them to like Indiana and adjusted to like where the moon would be for high tide as if Indiana were like on the ocean and they had no explanation for it. And love that. But the other one is like monarch butterflies migrate to Mexico, but like every third generation. So like monarchs don't go monarchs don't go. And then like the third generation migrate Mm -hmm. that blows my mind. Like, how do they fucking know how to get there? Does they, their parents just tell them? Well, I don't, they're not raised <laughs> like other, but you know, it's crazy. I don't yeah. know. Animals are nuts, man. Yeah. There's also animals a, are nuts. There was another, there's a fox that lives in like the Arctic or something and he can, they can jump and like they dive head first. Oh, yeah. Under the snow and can like uh, catch like little mice or whatever that are, yeah, the planet Earth. Burrowed. Craig, this was a planet Earth. You didn't see this one? Yeah. 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 And they, they postulate it's, it's, it sounds he can hear the mice under like a foot of snow. Oh, well, I thought right. there was there was something that had to do with the electromagnetic field too. They can like For the postu- fox. Yeah, they can like uh, triangulate where these animals are based on really? like very like subtle differences. Wow. I thought you it was can't, like, hearing. I thought only only like like the only like sharks and fish can do the or bats or whatever. I don't well. Know. I'm not a scientist. I might have anyway. to fact check myself. It, I don't think I made just, that up, but I could have. Always makes me feel underwhelmed about the human species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, I, uh, I have a lot of takes on human species. I have a lot of takes. Anyway, email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have more animal. Oh, I have another animal fun fact. Oh. I'm going to skip the email. I'm just going to say it. Someone emailed us in. I am so sorry that I do not remember. I actually can find it right now. Someone emailed us in an incredible thing that I thought was fake at first that is actually legit, and I could not believe it. There is... By the way, the foxes do use a magnetic field as a targeting system. This is incredible. Are you serious? That's crazy. Yeah, so it says they they the foxes strongly prefer to jump in a northeasterly direction around 20 degrees off the magnetic north. What? That's nuts. Okay, that's crazy. All right, this <laughs> one's from John. You have heard of glaciers, glaciers, and you've heard of mice, but have you heard of glacier mice? I have. Didn't not. think so. I haven't. I haven't heard of those. Glacier mice are basically they're they're not mice. They're furry green balls of moss. They're just giant balls of moss on glaciers, and they are they basically like the size of a loaf of bread, and they're wow. in like Alaska and Chile and Greenland and Iceland and all these places, and they're like different species of moss, and they are dispersed. Like, you know, like cactuses in a desert, you know, there's like limited nutrients in water. So like they're spaced, but they move over time like a herd, like the moss, the moss? move <laughs> like a very slow herd oh, of moss. Boy. Have you been, oh, see, there's just, of of moss did you just hit together. the salvia? What's going on here? <laughs> there's there's too many things that occur in the world. And we're just like, why do they do that? And we're like, I don't know. And we just kind of move on. Magnets. It freaks me out. Magnets. Magnets. <laughs> Dude, magnets. Are, do you know my second grade science fair project was in magnets? They're cool. Magnets are nuts. The whole, everything's crazy. Everything yeah. is crazy. You ever just think about, like, I actually think, dude, getting to the moon is nuts. Can you believe that we, like, went to space? I don't think we spend enough time as a society just, like, knowing weird shit about the Earth and its inhabitants. 
That's why that's why you guys are big Discovery Channel folks, right? I love, I love Discovery Planet Channel. Earth. I, ever, I all the animal Planet docs, Earth. except now Netflix is churning them out so much that I, I actually know I watch too much of them because I literally think to myself, you use the same camera crew for all three of these series. And these are the same animals. It's getting cheap now. Now we have like Real Housewives of the Amazon Rainforest. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Give me my BBC Earth crew that spent six years looking for one leopard in the Himalayas. And to like, get that shot. You got to get the one 400 shot. cameramen to give me this like eight minute scene. That's <laughs> my favorite. We did talk about that when we reviewed that, the, the latest planet earth or whatever it was called. Like I would like a documentary on the cinematographers and how the guy camps out on a volcano for months waiting to find the oh, one little can, turtle. You can see those in like the bonus scenes and stuff. They They're do incredible. like little featurettes on that stuff. It's I just great. can't, like the guy's like, hi, honey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks in the North Pole sitting under a snow cap waiting to find a little bug that emerges from its sack after a certain amount of time. We might not get it <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, but like so. that's, that's kind of like the, the people who do those kind of jobs are the kind of people who... um don't exactly want to be at a desk job. Like there's a certain kind of person, like people who kind of crave adventure. I'm not saying it sucks. I'm saying it's it's insane. Dude, they, one of those people, the people they they had to track river dolphins. And like this is oh my God, I love planet Earth. They they, they basically like were in the, the dolphins that remember, live in the brackish water. Uh maybe. It, they, there's this river in South America. I don't know if it's a portion of the Amazon, the Amazon. or a subsection or whatever. I think but it's it floods and then the whole forest floods. Like with like seven feet of water, and the dolphins swim through the goddamn forest. It is the most surreal <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And so, do you know how hard it is to find river dolphins? First of all, the water's so muddy that the dolphins are freaking blind. Speaking Second of all, this, they were, oh my God, it's crazy. Along the same lines, I love that. I love that fact. I'm going to look that up when we get off this podcast, by the way. Uh, I'll, send you, I'll tweet out the video. My, the favorite, my favorite genre of animal <laughs> stuff is the bizarre. Like you, you mentioned the monarch butterflies, like the bizarre gatherings of animals that happen like every year or every like third year, and which like, are all just giant orgies. Like, we scientists just don't call them can't that, figure but... it out. Like why? How do they know to get here? Uh, how did they like? Get, how did they like know exactly where to show up? I just think that stuff's fascinating as hell. Like there's like a giant collection of like whales. But like when all the penguins to go to that spot. island, isn't that just an orgy? Isn't that we don't call it? Well, that, yeah, but that's what it is. It's like going to, you know, like San Pedro Love Island, Island for dolphins. Yeah. Love Island for penguins, yeah. Heifetz, remember in the latest Planet Earth where there was ones where, where they were at some desert and they were, the cinematographers were literally capturing ants to see if they could like oh make God. it into the shade before they that die? That was crazy because it's like the hottest place on Earth, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it was like the ants. They emerge to find food and then if they don't find it in time, they got to get back to shelter. That's a good example of something that is literally seems fake. Because basically the ants are silver because it's the best color to reflect. They look like mirror ants and they are platinum and they reflect sunlight. So basically their superpower is they can stay alive like, I don't know, 20% longer than other insects in the sun. So what they do is they wait for other insects to die in the heat and then try to drag their corpses to their homes before God. they themselves die in the heat. Nature is metal. And Nature there's like a guy, <laughs> and there's like just a guy filming, being like, "Is this ant gonna make it?" Nah, I died. Or it's like, right. is he gonna make it? And then the ants just drag him <laughs> back in. They didn't. They cut that out of the Discovery Show. Oh my god! All right, that's all we got. We're gonna go back. Nature's metal. Ringer Fantasy Football Show at gmail.com. If you have more like nature stories, please just we're we're back on the nature thing. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet out the video of the um the river dolphins. I'm Danny Heifetz on Twitter, and. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, nature, 
I like, how about the Washington River Dolphins? That's Thank you. The, <laughs> the Washington Glacier m- Mice. Thank you, Wash. Thank you to the Glacier Mice. They do move in herds. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Portugal the Man. Oh, nice. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm really coming around on DK's musical taste. <laughs> it ebbs and flows for me. It, what? It, it, it's, it's just it's more like, diverse uh, than I'd ever like, thought. I'm connected to the electromagnetic field, so sometimes it's like a little off, you know? I can't like figure out a good good song or whatever. No? Didn't Greg hit? clearly hates Portugal, the man. No, no. Like, I mean, I don't, honestly, nothing? I don't know them too much. I, mean, I know that big song that they just had like in the last few years, but... You know, they're from Alaska. That's cool. All right, we talked enough. (laughs) No, we we are not doing this this time. No. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.